Welcome to Listen to Talking with Trees, a podcast by Anetta Lander, which is a series of attempts at addressing specific trees in Swedish, Finnish or English. This is a freestanding sequel to the project Meetings with Remarkable and Unremarkable Trees. This episode is part of Pondering with a Pine, a series of conversations recorded with a pine tree in Kaivopuisto Park in Helsinki. Hello, pine, or good evening. It's already six o'clock, but this time of year the sky, the sun is still high in the sky, although mainly behind the clouds at the moment. I came to you today because tomorrow is the last of April and on Monday is the first of May, which is a huge carnival in Finland. And already tomorrow there will be people partying here, but all of, of uh, Monday there will be people having picnic, eating a lot, drinking a lot, uh, listening to music. There's already now uh, plenty of huge rubbish, rubbish containers placed out in the park. Well, uh, since we last met, I've been to Trondheim, as I told you then. Uh, I was preparing for for that visit. Uh, but And it was a nice experience and a great conference. But what is uh, foremost in my mind today, uh, besides the upcoming carnival, uh, is... Uh, the event I had the honor of participating in yesterday, which was um, a doctoral dissertation by Katri Lassil, a photographer and cinematographer. And I was um, nominated to be the opponent. I had been the pre-examiner of her work too, but... but, uh, It was quite an interesting experience and also um, rewarding because she was so calm and uh, knew what she was doing. But I thought that uh, it might be interesting for you, some of her ideas, because she she wrote about uh, landscape. Uh, Not uh, landscape in general so much, but, but landscape in film. And especially sort of uh, the still image or photography-like landscape images that are sometimes inserted into the film narrative and become like uh, moments uh, that she uh, claimed were outside of time. And she coined a term called apochrony for that uh, phenomenon. I'm not sure about this idea of outside of time, but but the mixture of different layers of time, or uh, like historical times and future times and the time now and the time of the recording of the image and so on. And of course we could also think of deep time, like the notion that's been 
talked about quite a lot in, in the context of the Anthropocene. But um, why I thought about you or uh, that this somehow has relevance for you or I associated it with you because you somehow represent, uh, if not deep time necessarily, because deep time is about thousands and thousands and thousands of years, but uh, nevertheless a different time from my own time or understanding of time. And uh, yeah, I would, I'm not claiming that you would be outside of time in any way, of course not. But because your um, time seems to be so different from mine, because, because I, ca I cannot see time in you in the same way as I can see them in animals and move. And, and although you grow and move a lot, uh, you do it in, in a silent and slow manner, which is not perceptible for me in an easy way. And of course, um, it's fascinating to think uh, whether you somehow experience the landscape. Uh, when, when I think of you, I'm not thinking of landscape, I think of your environment. But what is it that makes an environment a landscape? Is it only the human vision and the framing, framing of the image? either through photographic means or, or through the painting frame or whatever. I don't know. Um, I was also reminded by people who, who gave me feedback when I presented uh, a snippet of our conversation in Trondheim that, that um, I might be sort of anthropomorphizing you uh, unnecessarily, and that it might be uh, more valuable to uh, try to find ways to listen to you. And that's, of course, a challenge. Right now, when I'm listening to you, I can only hear, or mainly hear, uh, people talking behind me, and then the steps of the human couples walking back and forth on the path. Some birds. Yeah, seagulls there. And crows and ducks. distant traffic. But as I've told you before, I cannot hear you. But I do see you, see parts of you, especially your bark, which is uh, shield bark to a large extent, consists of big slices of bark. 
And on the ground around you, there are plenty of uh, pine cones that have fallen down, perhaps when because it's been dry, or well, it's not uh, that warm yet, and and the sun hasn't been so strong, so. Maybe, maybe they just, uh, but yeah, some of them seem to have opened. Also the ones that are on your branches. Here, when I sit on the rock next to you, I can also see the sun behind the clouds. The cloud cover is like uniform and gray. The sun is sort of partly shining through. Well, what else could I say? I could, of course, talk about other aspects of the work uh, that I was examining yesterday, uh, like the idea of affordances that she examined and, and used more like uh, to distinguish what kind of affordances photography uh, can give to an, uh, for, for, for an artist and, and what kind of affordances cinematography uh, provides. But of course, the idea of affordances originally uh, comes from Gibson and the relationship between animals and their environment. And in that sense, of course, pine trees uh, have a, a similar uh, way of having a complementary relationship with the affordances of their environment, I suppose. Or uh, as somehow this uh, hill or slope where you grow uh, provides you with uh, certain benefits like uh, plenty of light because you don't have to negotiate with any neighbors you have full access to sunlight but on the other hand you're rather vulnerable to to wind because you're here up on the slope, not on the very top, but quite high. So, so the wind might hit you harder than if you would grow somewhere else in the park. And of course, the, the basic fact that you grow here rather high up in the north means that you have very, very cold conditions for many, many months. And there is the increased risk of, of accidents because of heavy snow, for instance, weighing down your branches and so on. And then there are probably lots of affordances that I don't know anything of in the soil, in the ground. So I don't know how the, how the rocks are formed under you, and if there are like uh, 
difficulties for your roots to find paths around big rocks or or if on the contrary uh, there is like uh, big rocks that provide some stability and now there's a small bird uh, coming here checking for something nice to eat under you and now sitting up on your branch I don't recognize what type of bird it is. It's rather gray, but pretty small one. And not making any sounds. The evening is getting more chilly, so maybe I, I leave you here. And I really wish that you're not uh, being hurt during the carnival or that you you don't feel too disturbed by all the noise and maybe it's actually interesting for you uh, in some sense so yeah enjoy the party as much as you can and thanks for today see you again in a few weeks take care This was an episode of the podcast Talking with Trees.